Welcome to First Laughs, the show about starting out, standing up. I'm Jason Crane. On this episode, time to buy a watch. Welcome back to First Laughs. This show focuses on stand-up comedy I did this weekend, March 20th and 21st, 2015. I worked with two very, very talented comedians, David James and Rodney Laney, both of whom are worth your time to look up and go see if you can. We did two out-of-town shows and two shows in State College, the town where I live. The two out-of-town shows were in very interesting places. One was in uh, an Elks Lodge in Lockhaven, Pennsylvania, which is just as big as it sounds like it might be. The Green Room had an enormous mounted Elks head on the wall. And the stage was like five feet in the air. But the weirdest part of that show for me was, you know, I wanted to tape the show so I could play it on the podcast if it was any good. And I was sitting at a a long row of tables off to the side of the stage. So I pressed record on my phone and Tom, the owner of Wisecrackers, introduced me. I got up on stage, did my set. And when I got off the stage, my phone was missing. Now, I was standing on the stage the whole time looking right at, essentially, the table where my phone was sitting. There was no one who moved in front of me who could have taken it. I couldn't figure out what had happened. The only thing I could think was that when Tom got off stage, he just saw a phone, assumed he had left his phone there, and took my phone and went home. So there was another Wisecrackers employee, and I said, hey, can you call Tom see if he's got my phone? So the guy called. Tom said, no, I don't have his phone. So I got back up on stage, and I did a couple minutes about my phone being gone, asking people in the audience, does anybody have my phone? I turned my back and said, you know, okay, if my phone appears behind me, no hard feelings, no phone. So I was a little concerned. I mean, it seemed like, well, it must have been stolen, and I can't really afford to get a new phone, and that also meant I wouldn't be able to record any of my sets. Unless I, you know, at least certainly not the ones that night. I guess I could have brought all my actual gear to another show. So I got off stage, and, uh, the you know, the comedian, both David James and Rodney Laney are African-American. And uh, Rodney got up after me and said, you know, I know who you all think stole his phone. And uh, so I got down off the stage, and a woman came up to me and said, a Tom is on the phone, and he's got your phone. And it turned out that exactly what I thought had happened had happened. Tom had walked off stage, grabbed my phone, and walked away, which sounded like this. Back seat. This is a guy you do not ask him to change the steps. Driving around. 
not something I normally do. Maybe it's his and hers dildos. <laughs> <laughs> So we left that show, we went to Celebration Hall, the, the main location of Wisecrackers in State College. Nice room, and uh, I had, I think so far, my, my best set. It felt really good. And when I got home, I downloaded the audio off my phone and realized that I had done about 20 minutes, which is fully twice as long as I was supposed to be on stage. Which is which is really embarrassing. I had forgotten to wear a watch. I wear this watch that doesn't tell time. It just says the word now on it. So most of the time I don't wear an actual functional watch. But I have a functional watch. And I wear that at the comedy shows so I can time myself. And I'm so new at this that I don't really know how long you know my various bits take to do so i don't know like oh if i'm at this point in my act i've just been up here for five minutes i've been up here for 10 minutes whatever so it was going pretty well and i felt like okay well that feels like about 10 minutes i guess i'm done and it, it was 20 whole minutes so i'm gonna play that for you and uh this is the longest set i will probably do anytime this year because i'm the mc I'm not the feature. I'm supposed to get up and do my, you know, tight 10 and get off stage. Um, But here's the set that I did, and then I'll tell you even more stories of this weekend after this. It's a fun, fun show. To get things started, one of our favorite MCs here locally. Please give a warm welcome for Jason Crane. Jason. Keep it going for me. All right. All right, thank you. Very nice. So I got a ride here, and uh, in the back seat of the car, the guy that I came here with was this. This is a guy whose radio station you do not criticize. Right? The temperature is always just fine in his car. I was very surprised. Now I, th- I think these are nunchucks, but this way, really, it could be his and hers dildos. I could have missed a golden opportunity with this guy on the way here tonight. I mean, because it could be his and his, really. It doesn't need to be his and hers. I hope they haven't been used that way, because I've just been holding on to them for both shows tonight. I wouldn't recommend shaking my hand later if you enjoyed tonight's show. I'm just going to hang He's Let's just put him right here. This will help enforce the two-shush maximum. Go ahead. Talk all you want, and a fat guy with nunchucks is going to be around later to talk to you. I'm wearing a bow tie because um, I'm out of condoms, and this is the second best form of birth control. (laughs) I was married uh, 19 years ago this past Wednesday. 19 years. I was divorced five years ago last summer. So, Thank you. Yes, somebody over here is clapping. By round of applause, how many married people in the room? Married people. It sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, it's commitment is great. I'm all about commitment, but paperwork is that is that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. I've uh, at the at the previous show, I think I commented that I got divorced to give my wife a chance at a happy life, and a woman sitting right in the front said, "Yeah." Like, you've known me for 30 seconds. I couldn't have made that bad an impression already. I'm uh, so I'm 41. 
and uh, and single. And I have to say, as I've been entering my 40s, I just seem to be swelling. I don't, I don't really know why that's like like this. Like I should be picking out a name at this point, right? I mean, we should we should know who the delivery doctor is going to be, and we got a room painted in a neutral color. It's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I mean, what are you going to, you know, I'm 41. I work in retail. By round of applause, how many other retail people in here? Oh, seriously? <laughs> I hate you fuckers already. <laughs> well, I guess I won't be dating anybody in this room, which is too bad. There's a, real, a lot of really attractive people in this room here tonight, but apparently all with real jobs. So that's a shame. As I mentioned, I got I to gotta ride here tonight because I don't have a car. My OKCupid profile is getting better by the second, isn't it? I can see single women just putting the pens and pieces of paper they were going to write their numbers on back in their pockets. I don't have a car because I can't afford one. Although, uh, I do like the way that Tom phrases the Happy Valley car credit advertisement. Tonight he said 40 people got cars who weren't expecting to get cars. Now, I mean, what he means, of course, is who thought their credit was too bad to get a car, but it would be much better if it was 40 people who weren't trying to get a car and just went out one morning, and there's just a car sitting there that they now have to pay for. Happy Valley Car Credit, ruining lives all across Center County with cars nobody wants and can't pay for. I'm a paid sponsor, so uh, thank you very much. You know, it, uh, it also sucks. I, I live here in State College, um, which is a horrible place to be single, because the median age in State College is like 13 years old. <laughs> and I, as I mentioned, I don't have a van with no windows in it, so I can't get any 13-year-old. So I don't, oh, please, please. I can see some of you people, like you don't have windowless vans. Don't get on your, I don't have a van high horse with me. But it sucks, there's nobody, there's no one to date in this town. And, you know, I have to say, of course, the, the way I look is probably an impediment, too. I don't normally wear the bow tie. That's a special impediment, just because I had a joke to make. But, you know, I'm, I'm really overweight, and I'm, I am this overweight because I am completely addicted to junk food. I have, a, I have a deeper, more passionate relationship with junk food than probably any human being I've ever had a relationship with, which is probably why I'm both single and divorced and 41 and working in retail. I, uh, I eat junk food every single day. By round of applause, how many other kind of sad, pathetic people are there in the room? Just me again? Thank you! Good! Fabulous! I, I invited my, my family tonight, so that was, that was a smart move. But I used, to, uh, I used to walk home and I would buy junk food every day on my walk home from my job at a grocery store that has those self-checkout lanes where you don't have to see a human being, so when you shame shop, no one has to check you on it, right? I mean, I can't be the only person in this room who has gone through one of those things because you didn't want anybody to see what you were buying. And so I would usually bring up, you know, like a, a can of Pringles, a two-liter thing of root beer, uh, you know, a package of Oreos, and a head of broccoli. Right? Like, who the hell is the head of broccoli for? It's essentially a calculator, right? It's like lying to your microwave about what it is that you're trying to cook inside it. But then I got a new job, and my new job is on the other side of town from my house, and so now when I walk home, I only pass a CVS and a convenience store. 
since we all live in the same town, most of you can probably pinpoint where my house is by now. But uh, anyway, I pass a CVS in a convenience store. It's a Snappies. There's a Domino's across the street, so you can all come over and visit. You all know right where I'm talking about now. That's fine. It doesn't make me the slightest bit nervous. I am recording this, by the way, so if my body's found tomorrow. Oh, I'll come back to the actual material, but uh, I am recording this. I was recording the earlier show, too, which was in Lockhaven. Sweet mother of Jesus. Um, but uh, anyway, in Lockhaven, and I set my, the stage in Lockhaven is, and this is no exaggeration, it is this tall. So you're standing up there, looking down at the people. And I set my phone at a table that was right on the side of the stage. And when I came off the stage, my phone was gone. Yeah. Well, first of all, no one in Lockhaven even has thumbs, so what are they going to do with a smartphone? <laughs> but the worst part of it is that the, the other two comedians on the show tonight are both African-American. So you know who, and I, on stage I said, my phone is missing, does anyone know where it is? And if you could just feel the room turn toward the other two comics, and I'm like, come on. Come on, Lockhaven, don't live up to the stereotype. You know who stole it? Tom Bruce, the guy who was just up here. When he, when he got off stage in Lockhaven, he took my phone, put it in his pocket, and drove away. And I, I record a, I do a podcast, I do a couple podcasts, and I do one that's based on my, the, well, I was going to say my stand-up career, but let's not kid ourselves. Um, so the, which is actually going to be pretty funny, because I'll have the audio of me doing, like, one joke about the dildos, and then the sound of my phone going into Tom's pocket and then whatever illegal shit he did for the next hour. So, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that leverage to become the owner of Wisecrackers, so I hope you enjoyed seeing Tom Bruce for the last time tonight. Um, but back to, uh, the corner of Atherton and Cherry Street, where we were just a few moments ago, at the CVS and the Snappies. So, I walk home every day, um, and I walk past these two places, and every day I go and I buy junk food at one or the other of these places. But if I go into the CVS, and I see the same guy as working at the counter who was working there the day before, then I go over to the convenience store. <laughs> yeah, which is twisted, right? This guy at the CVS, he doesn't have like a little spreadsheet that he's checking off every time I come in and buy Pringles. Oh, here comes the fat kid again, buy, buy more Oreos. And I don't even know why you should feel bad about buying junk food in a CVS. It's not like everybody else in the CVS is over in their organic produce department, right? If you're buying food you're actually going to eat in a CVS, you're buying shitty food. I, mean, I think we can just all agree on that. But last week at my CVS, and you shouldn't joke about tragedies, but it's a comedy show. Last week at my CVS there was a tragedy. You, know, you may have read about this, because it's a small town. But they hired an attractive young woman as a cashier at my CVS. Well now, see, you're not reacting, but remember that I was buying a decoy head of broccoli to fool the machine in the self-checkout lane. There is no way I have the self-esteem left to buy from an attractive young woman the stuff that I buy at CVS. So this was my solution. I, oh, first of all, I was also picking up anti-depression medication at the CVS. <laughs> I know, I know. Don't worry, ladies, there'll be a chance to sign up with your numbers later. But I, so I took my antidepressant meds and, you know, my bag of diabetes, and I walked up to the counter with the attractive young woman, and I said, as God is my witness, I said, my sons are across the street and asked me to bring home junk food. <laughs> now, I need to start lying, because this would be a way better joke if I didn't have kids. I actually do have kids. They weren't across the street, but I threw my two young children under the snack bus without even thinking about it. And I would do that again in a heartbeat. 
They're never going to know. But the, the whole thing about trying to, to fake out the 20-something woman at the counter, that is, that is just because I am like every other straight white man, namely an asshole. Right? Because to every guy, every, to every straight guy, I should say, every woman that you encounter is a potential either, you know, knight or life partner or marriage partner, though not in my case because I'm never doing that shit again, ever. But to her, I mean, she's some attractive, you know, 22-year-old woman. I'm, I'm a 41-year-old overweight guy buying depression medication and Pringles at like 4 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. I'm a cautionary tale for the book that she's going to write someday, right? She's probably like in the food sciences department at Penn State studying the effects of, you know, Pringles and Coke on depressed men in their 40s. I am definitely not in her dating pool. I am not a good Tinder swipe on her phone. But to me, we're like one string section away, you know, from a beautiful relationship. It's depressing. Um, I have cats. Uh, my cats do not like sex. Uh, and I'm really gentle with them. Oh, good. Thank you. Good. Good. Uh, no, I'm, of course I'm joking. Of course I'm joking. I'm more into rough trade with the cats. But um, my cats will pee on the shoes of any woman who spends the night at my house. Yeah. I know. It's hard to know if you're supposed to be laughing at these things or maybe coming up and like putting an arm around me and just slowly walking me off the stage so I can go cry in that little room back there. I get it. I get it. the motherly instinct in a lot of people is, is being awakened right now. But seriously, nothing says I think I'll come back and sleep with this guy again, like finding your urine-soaked shoes outside the door in the morning. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course I'm right. In Lock Haven, when I said that line, somebody said, yeah! Oh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There they've trained their cats to do that kind of thing. My cats just do it out of spite. Last week, my cats peed on my Star Wars pajamas. <laughs> yeah. Dear OkCupid. So those Star Wars pajamas, um, I got those Star Wars pajamas as a Christmas gift, but not like in 1983 when Return of the Jedi came out and I was just a really fat kid. I got them this year from my parents, or last Christmas, I guess, from my parents. <laughs> my parents, my, somebody's clapping, exactly. For the child who has accomplished nothing, how about a nice pair of flannel Star Wars pajamas? Thank God my sister was born, because at least my sister has an advanced degree, she has a job, she, you know, is very, very, very well put together. My parents buy me Star Wars pajamas. And my cats pee on them. It's just so much sadness crammed into one image, it's really hard to know how to react to it. But if you're interested in possibly getting, you know, actually, as it turns out, cat urine uh, is really good at tanning certain kinds of leathers, which I've inadvertently found out. So if you have some shoes that you would like to look a little more weathered, or maybe a pair of jeans, we could put those out on the floor outside my bedroom. But yeah, there's no reason not to turn that frown upside down, but we can turn this into a marketing opportunity right away. I'm not wearing any underwear right now. Yeah, I, that just occurred to me. That's not really a joke that I had worked into my act. By round of applause, how many other people are going commando right now? Yes! <laughs> that is right! You're goddamn right you are! Because it's great! Under I don't even know who came up with underwear. It's the stupidest invention of all time. This is how I started... Go <laughs> 
seriously, I could, there's some woman over here who's close to weeping, I think, at this point. But it, I'm, I've, I've lived all over the, the world, and I'm, I lived in Tucson, Arizona in the 1990s, and it's really, really hot in Tucson, Arizona. And I played in a salsa band, you know, you could guess by looking at me. And uh, I played in a salsa band, and the very first night, the bass player, and I don't know how this came up, because it's a strange topic to just introduce someone to, but he said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not wearing any underwear. And I said, oh, hi, my name's Jason. But uh, I said, what are you talking about? You're not wearing any underwear. I had never heard, I'm from the Northeast. I'm from, I grew up in Massachusetts and upstate New York. And I, yeah, Massachusetts or upstate New York? Massachusetts where? Sharon. Oh, well, you have a real accent. I'm from the part of the state that you would call New York. I'm from Berkshire County, which is the other side of the state. Very cool. We got somebody from Massachusetts here. Any people from upstate New York in the room? Somebody said, yeah. Where? You right here? But no one wants to fess up? Was someone just lying? Is there somebody from Lock Haven over there? <laughs> just yells, yells yes at whatever the comedian says? <laughs> Who hates me? Yeah! <laughs> My lord. But anyway, not wearing underwear um, is what I was talking about. So the, the bass player said, yeah, it's, it's so hot here. It's just underwear feels horrible. So we, uh, just a lot of guys don't wear any underwear. The only thing I had ever, the only time I'd ever heard of that was Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct, right? Where everybody tried to pause their VCR tape to catch that one tenth of a second. And you know, VCRs were all jumpy and blurry then. It wasn't like a DVD now. So you're, essentially, you're just masturbating to static, right? That's all there. That's all there is. But hey, when you're a kid, you know, any port in a storm. Um, I also turn my radio on between stations at night and just do it to that. But uh, so yeah, so starting in the starting in the early '90s, I just I said uh, you know goodbye underwear and you know hello hello me, and uh, yeah, it feels great. I swear to God, this it seems like I didn't even plan to say any of this. It seems like uh, that a crazy thing, but just tomorrow and don't tell anybody, don't say anything about it. But just tomorrow, don't wear underwear. <laughs> You, and then next week, I will be here. Next week, I want you to buy tickets to next week's show and come back here, and I want you to come up during this part of the, the routine. I will call on you, because we'll have talked a little bit out in the, in the lobby. And you will come up, and you will testify like evangelical revival style to the joys of not wearing underwear. So just tomorrow, you don't have to, just don't make a production of it. Just don't, just get dressed by yourself in your room, and don't put any underwear on. And next week, you can come. Jason, you were right. Thank you. You've changed my life. <laughs> Thank you very much. That, I can't tell if that's a man or a woman laughing. I think it's a man, but no offense. But uh, <laughs> but that's the first convert right there to the to the Church of the Commando, the Holy Commando. So I expect to see you all here next week. So um, just to sum up, uh, in case anybody you know was was failing to take notes during my set. So I'm 41, I'm about 60 pounds over what the, the doctors would recommend being a good weight. I am in the, in the uh, extremely obese BMI category. <laughs> yeah, not really sure why you people are laughing over there, but thank you. The Lock Haven crowd finds morbid obesity really funny. Um, I, have, I have two kids, I don't have a car, and I work in retail. So what I did, uh, because I thought it might get a little crazy, so I just brought a clipboard for your names and phone numbers for the single women, 
And I'm just going to be over here in this little room, and if you just form a line, it just kind of, you know, you can snake around these tables in here and into that room, and we'll just get everybody's details, and I'll just, you know, first come, first serve, basically, down, down the clipboard list. So. And just to sweeten the deal, don't forget, I stole these out of the guy's car tonight. So if you're into that kind of thing, and if you're into having your shit peed on by two angry cats, I'm your man. Well, look, that is my time. Give me some applause, because I was hilarious. Thank you. I'm not sure my friend in the flag shirt here is convinced that I was hilarious, but he's enormous in the shoulders and arms, so I'm not going to piss him off anymore. Uh, really, we have an amazing lineup of comedy for you tonight. It's a great, great night to be here. Would you please... Am I going to have to come over and sit down with you people on the front table right now? We have a two-shish maximum, then the nunchucks come out. Now, they can come out either way that you like, but they're coming out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? We just, if half, everybody's watching comedy, and there's a really bizarre S&M act happening right here <laughs> at the front table. If all you people are into this shitty erotic of Fifty Shades of Grey, somebody read all that stuff. So we'll just, what's the gray guy's first name? Chris, Chris, of course, of course. <laughs> I'm going to guess between 35 and 55 married over here on the left-hand side. So yeah, we'll just Christian Gray it right here at this table while everybody else is enjoying the next comic, and we'll try not to get any on you. But uh, would you please, thank you. Sorry, that was for the Lock Haven table. Would you please give a very warm Wisecrackers welcome to an extremely funny man. Put your hands together for David James. David James over here. We go for Jason. Let's hear it for Jason. And that was my set on Friday night at Celebration Hall. Uh, the next night, Saturday, we played the first show at a fire hall in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. And when we walked in, the entire back half of the hall was cordoned off with yellow police tape which is a very inviting thing to see when you go into your comedy venue. The place, you know, it was, I mean, it was a fire hall in rural Pennsylvania. It was exactly what you think it was. They had two spotlights that were like prison guard tower lights that were on a pole about four feet from the stage. We were completely blinded. I, I could see the synapses in the back of my brain firing while we were on stage there. It was, it was a very strange, very strange setting, but a cool crowd. And uh, there was one, you know, loud, drunk woman who yelled during the entire show. But we all did pretty well, and, you know, it was a cool environment. Then we went to Celebration Hall again, and this time I was wearing a watch, so I, I kept my set to the length it was supposed to be. And again, I did the bit about not wearing any underwear. Um, and in it, I encouraged people to try going without underwear. At the end of the night... I was walking around. It's in, you know, like a, it's a kind of a big party house. And so I was walking around um, just chatting with people and I was walking over to a table and I looked and I noticed on the chair, there was what looked like uh, a cloth napkin sitting on the chair. And as I got closer, I looked and I noticed it was actually a pair of black panties that someone had left on the chair. And let me tell you, there is no more powerful comedy feeling than thinking that you said, you all should try going without underwear, and someone got up, went into the bathroom, took off her underwear, and came back and watched the rest of the show, which I assume is what happened.
there's uh there's a photo on uh on the website firstlaps.com of headliner Rodney Laney posing with the panties if you'd like to see that. So so far this was uh definitely my best week. Um I felt really good about it all four shows. Of course I'm embarrassed about going twice as long for the other one, but um but I just I felt really good about it. I felt comfortable. I felt like I had some control of what was happening on stage. Uh, you know, I still didn't get as many laughs as the other two guys, which is fine. I mean, I'm five weeks in or whatever it is. Next year, if I'm saying this, <laughs> I didn't get as many laughs as the other guys. Well, then it's going to be time to figure out what's going on. But I felt like I just did more uh, solid, consistent work than I have done in the past. So this is a longer show than normal because of uh, the length of the set that I did. Uh, next week on the show, Marianne Sirk will be here. Uh, she's a comedian. She's done lots of stuff in New York and L.A., and uh, now she's a, a morning show host in Rochester, New York. And uh, I got a chance to talk to her about her career, and that'll be next week. Thanks so much for listening. Support live comedy wherever you can, and I will talk to you next week on First Laughs. <laughs> Thank you.